What's up, everybody? Happy Thursday. This is Bet to Win here inside the Blue Wire Studios at the Win Las Vegas. I am your host, Joe Fan. Hope you're all having a tremendous week. I know I am. The weekend is almost upon us. Fun show for you today. I'm flying solo, but I'm going to run through some season-long player props, some futures, uh, whether it's awards, statistics. I'm uh, going to run through all of the markets, give some thoughts on each, let you know where I have leans, let you know where I have plays uh, as we continue to break down this NFL season upcoming, one I cannot wait for. And we're to the point now, it's August 25th, where it's, can we just get this damn show on the road? Enough training camp reports, enough joint practices, enough preseason games. Let's do this thing. Let's get to Bill's Rams on a Thursday. What, September 8th is the, is the opener? God, I can't wait. Um, also, again, a programming note I mentioned on Monday, just three shows remaining, sadly, uh, as we are almost done here on Bet to Win. The show is is no longer going to exist in its current form. Uh, my thoughts, analysis, opinions, picks, takes, all of it will be uh, both on social media. Follow at WinBet on Twitter. Also, I'm at Joe underscore fan. Uh, and then also on WinBet.com, where I'll be writing more frequently. Uh, but this show... Uh, again, we'll end in just three episodes. Hope you stick with us again. Appreciate all of you who have joined from the beginning last September as we come up on our year anniversary, but also those of you, um, you know, who have kind of just joined along the way. It's certainly been a lot of fun. Um, hoping to get Claudia Bellafato on for the last episode because, uh, she was obviously the, the, my teammate when we first started this thing. And I've been, been flying solo with the help of of guys like Nick Dias and, and other guests that have come on, and it's been a whole lot of fun. So we're going to close out strong. Three more episodes. Let's dive into this one. Uh, unfortunately, I have another L to hold, and uh, it's a losing streak now. I've lost three in a row, which which stings. It hurts my soul. I thought it was going to be a layup. Mets first five money line at the Yankees with Scherzer on the mound. White Sox first five money line at the Royals with Kopech on the mound. The way this started, now this went 0-2, so it never had a shot. But the first inning of the White Sox game, Michael Kopech gave up four runs to the Royals. I think he only had one out registered. He clearly wasn't right. He shouldn't have been out there. I wasn't aware, and that's on me, that he was dealing with leg injury. Blame uh, Tony La Russa, who, again, the fact that this man still has a job. There's no way that if they miss the playoffs, even if they make the playoffs, that they somehow squeak into uh, the AL wild card, or if they somehow find a way to win the AL Central. There's no way Tony Lewis is employed next year, correct? It's just it can't happen. But I also am shocked he's still employed here on August 25th. I don't know. I've got another winning pick for you at the end. I would just suggest fading it, although unfortunately I feel uh, regrettably confident in, in what I've got for you at the end of the show. Let's dive into the player props, and let's start with the MVP award. And if you're going to make an MVP bet, just know it has to be a quarterback, as it should be. It's the most valuable position in all of sports. The best quarterback in the league in a given season deserves the MVP when we talk most valuable. It's not best season. It's most valuable. Unsurprisingly, Josh Allen at plus 550. The Bills have the best Super Bowl odds in all of football, so it makes sense that their quarterback, who is is in need of an MVP. He's had multiple seasons that are MVP worthy. But whether it's Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers who have edged him, 
Uh, Josh Allen at plus 550. It makes sense. The production will be there. The rushing production will be there. And the narrative is on his side. For my money, I'd rather go with Patrick Mahomes at nine and a half to one. I mean, you're going to give me nearly double the odds of Josh Allen for Pat Mahomes in the best division in football. I think it makes sense to bet on whatever team you think will win the AFC West for that quarterback to win MVP. And Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, those are the two teams, in my opinion, that have the best chance to win that division. Justin Herbert's right behind him at 10 to 1. Patrick Mahomes' down season in 2021, he had the second most yards of his career, 4,839. Again, talking narratives, it's there for him. Toughest division in football, doesn't have Tyreek Hill. The supporting cast isn't what maybe everyone thinks it, it usually is. So when he puts up the same numbers or better numbers without Tyreek, he's going to get credit for that, even though he is Patrick Mahomes. Tom Brady at nine and a half to one. If you're sold in the Bucks, go for it. He could have won it last year. Led the league in passing yards inexplicably. Came back out of his brief retirement to run it back. I just at some point, Father Time is going to catch up with Tom Brady, and I don't want to bet on him when that happens. Justin Herbert at 10 to 1, second in the uh in the NFL in passing yards last season, over 5,000 yards, 5,014 yards. I'm all in on the Chargers. I think they're the best team in football. I have a Super Bowl future on them. I think that Justin Herbert at 10 to 1 to win the MVP makes a ton of sense, especially when you consider it's double the odds of Josh Allen. He's an ascending player, he's a face of the league type guy. Uh, I think there's great value there. If you want to go below. Justin Herbert at 10 to 1. The only person that really makes sense for me is Russell Wilson at 12 to 1. I get it if you like Aaron Rodgers to go for a three-peat. He's also at 12. Joe Burrow, Matthew Stafford also at 12 to 1. Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray at 15 to 1. Lamar Jackson at 18 to 1. But the way I talked about Josh Allen in terms of the narrative of he hasn't won one yet, that also exists for Russell Wilson. And he's got the supporting cast to do it with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. And he's in the toughest division in football again. He's been in that with the NFC West. Now it's the AFC West where he currently resides after the trade. That still exists. So you win your division, you get credit for that. And he's also never even gotten a single vote for MVP. That narrative is going to be on his side for the remainder of his career, it just depends if he can put up the numbers and, and sort of rejuvenate himself. Because he, in my opinion, he hasn't been very good, at least to the standard that we expect the top three, top five, top ten quarterback in all of football to be over the last two seasons. You can blame Pete Carroll. You can blame the Seahawks. But there's a lot of it on Russell Wilson. I think a lot of the reason why the Seattle Seahawks were willing to move him was because they're another year or two away from having to give him another mega deal. Likely fully guaranteed, based on what we're seeing uh, with these latest NFL contracts. And at age 33, waning athleticism, the egregious sacks hurt more because there isn't the carrot of the off-script magic happening to uh, at such a regular uh, rate as it did early in his career. I'm not positive Russell Wilson's not a rapidly depreciating asset. That's not to say he won't be good this year or next, but is he really going to be a top five guy 
this year and moving forward? I think that's a legitimate question. I don't think it's a guarantee. So if you like Russell Wilson, if you like the Broncos, there's plenty of reason to justify putting in that ticket. But I'd rather have my money on Pat Mahomes and Justin Herbert, especially in that division. Offensive player of the year. This might be my favorite bet of all the futures that I'm going to, to, to discuss. Uh, Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor at 10 to 1 for good reason. They were the two best players last year, the favorites for the award. Uh, Debo Samuel and Devontae Adams at 15 to 1. Um, I don't like the Trey Lance uncertainty with Debo. Don't know what that usage is going to look like, especially if you expect more from Brandon Ayuk, uh, a stable of running backs, and George Kittle. The running production might dip this year. I don't love Debo at 15 to 1. I don't love Devontae because I don't know what the volume is going to look like with Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller in a running game you expect to be at least semi productive. To me, it's Justin Jefferson at 16 to 1. Sign me all the way up. And if you listen to this show every episode, you'll, you'll understand there are some consistent threads here of I really like the Vikings this year. If the Vikings can just play a lick of defense, I think they can win that division. I've got that future already in place, winning the NFC North. But I'm all in on Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, just 23 years old, just turned 23 this summer. He's already had the breakout. He had 1,400 yards as a rookie, 1,600 in his second year. At some point, the touchdown boom is coming. Seven as a rookie, 10 in his second year. This isn't a 1A, 1B situation with Adam Thielen anymore. Adam Thielen is a complimentary piece to Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson is him. He is the guy, not just on the Vikings, but in the NFL. Already a top three wide receiver, in my opinion, in the entire league. And that's a hard game to play because there are so many good ones. But I could go Devontae, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson really quickly in terms of if we were making rankings of the top three wide receivers in all of football. At 16 to 1, a guy who had double digit touchdowns in 1,600 yards last year should be an ascending player. I love the value there. For a Vikings offense, I expect to be really good. And I think Justin, or I think uh, I have no problem putting my faith in Kirk Cousins in terms of getting him there for the award. Behind him uh, is Christian McCaffrey and Nick Chubb at 20 to 1. Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes also at 20 to 1. I don't think there's value in taking a quarterback just because to me, the MVP, it's sort of this unspoken thing. The MVP is a quarterback award. Offensive player of the year goes to the best skill player who had the best season in any given season. I don't love Christian McCaffrey at 20 to 1. I'd rather bet him at comeback player of the year at eight and a half to one. If he's going to be in the conversation for offensive player of the year, it's he's a no-brainer for comeback player of the year. You look at that market, Derrick Henry at four and a half to one, Jameis Winston at five to one, Christian McCaffrey at eight and a half to one, Baker at 10, J.K. Dobbins at 14, Juju Smith-Schuster at 15, and then uh, Trubisky, Allen Robinson, and Chris Godwin at 16. A, I mean, let, let's get rid of Juju and Allen Robinson, because I don't believe in this award going to players who played last year. You can't be a comeback player of the year just because you had a bad season. Coming back means you didn't play last year. 
I think if you look at a quarterback, there's automatic value because a quarterback who leads team to winning season, Jameis Winston, the Saints could be sneaky good. And QB wins, while a team stat, not a quarterback stat, in my opinion, are overrated when it comes to these awards. I think the Saints are going to be a playoff team this year. So Jameis Winston at 5-1, to one, certainly more value than Derrick Henry at 4.5-1. to one. But I really like Christian McCaffrey at 8.5-1 to one, compared to Baker because this is Christian McCaffrey's team. And the volume is going to be there given what he does as a pass catcher and as a runner. Of course, there's a double-edged sword to that because his injury history is noteworthy. But if I'm making a bet here, it's Jameis, it's J-Bo at 5-1 to one, or Christian McCaffrey to eight, at 8.5-1. Eight Defensive player of the year, to me, I don't really have an opinion on. T.J. Watt won it last year to uh, 22 and a half sacks. He's at eight and a half or eight to one, along with Aaron Donald, Miles Garrett, the favorite, just above those two guys at seven and a half to one. Michael Parsons at nine, and the Bosa brothers, Nick at 15, Joey at 20. The health of the Bosa brothers makes me nervous. Doesn't seem like those guys are ever making it through a full year, but there's value there. Probably I'd go Nick ahead of Joey. I don't know. My thing is, if you like, the, the one piece of value I see here is if you like T.J. Watt to lead the NFL in sacks, he's 6-1 to one to lead the NFL in sacks. If he leads the NFL in sacks again, he's likely going to be the defensive player of the year. So just bet him to win defensive player of the year at 8-1 to one and get the better odds and just sort of play it like you're playing both. Because I feel pretty confident that this will go to whoever leads the NFL in sacks. It just takes so much for a defensive back to win this award. Sort of like the MVP goes to the best quarterback. To me, defensive player of the year goes to the best pass rusher. Uh, What's next? AP coach of the year. This is an interesting market. If you look at the favorite, it's Brandon Staley at 12-1. to which I get. I just talked about how I love the Chargers. I think they're the best roster in football. You can go to their defense, and that adds J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack. It's loaded at all three levels, and an offense that should be prolific with a 5,000-yard passer at the helm who is, again, an ascending player. They're loaded with weapons between Austin Eckler. Um, I love Josh Palmer this year. Then, of course, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Brandon Staley at 12-1. to 1. That makes sense. But it's interesting that that he's up there given the Chargers didn't make the playoffs last year. And you have Sean McDermott and Andy Reid, coaches of two of the best teams in football with the best Super Bowl odds at 25 to 1 and 30 to 1. 25 for McDermott, 30 for Andy Reid. Those are the teams that could have the one seed in the AFC. And I guess it makes sense because this award, when we talk about narratives of awards, it's which team didn't make the playoffs a year ago does make the playoffs this year is where it goes. Or which which new coach surprised everybody. But it's hard not to want to sprinkle McDermott at 25 or Andy Reid at 30. But if we're going to go down this list, it makes sense why these names are on top. Brandon Staley, 
Best team, didn't make the playoffs last year. They should this year. I get it. Brian Dable coming from the Bills to the New York Giants and Dan Campbell at 14. Again, you're not going to get value on good coaches who some bettors are bullish on. Bettors are bullish on the Lions. They're getting the wave of the hard knocks hype. Brian Dable, super well-respected for what he did with Josh Allen. Can he fi- If he figures out Danny Dimes, chalk it up. He wins. Nick Sirianni, 14-1. to The Eagles won another team I love. A sneaky Super Bowl dark horse in the NFC. Doug Peterson, Nathaniel Hackett, Kyle Shanahan at 15-1. to I don't like Kyle Shanahan. He's just simply done too much with the Niners to get enough recognition, unless Trey Lance is an MVP candidate, which I don't expect him to be. I like Hackett. In Denver, Doug Peterson makes sense for obvious reasons. If he's able to get uh, Trevor Lawrence looking like a franchise quarterback after what Urban Meyer did there, or I guess didn't do for Lawrence's rookie year, makes sense why he's there. Love Mike McDaniel at 18 to 1. If you're bullish on the Dolphins, that makes sense. Again, new coach, young quarterback, or embattled quarterback. Those are the narratives you get yourself behind. So just find which coach, which team you're bullish on and let that lead you there. If you're bullish on the Dolphins, take Mike McDaniel at 18 to 1. Here's one more that I'd like you to consider. Mike Tomlin at 20 to 1. Made the playoffs last year with Big Ben as his quarterback, the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger. He was arguably deserving of it last year. But at 20 to 1, if he's able to get this team back to the playoffs, the win totals at seven and a half. Never had a losing season. Name recognition helps him here, I think. I think he's worth a dart throw. If you believe, in, if, especially if Kenny Pickett's playing, you know what? It doesn't matter because it's either Mitchell Trubisky reviving his career, former, what, second overall pick, or it's rookie Kenny Pickett leading the Steelers to the playoffs. You better believe Mike Tomlin's going to get some, some recognition. So, I just don't like betting on favorites. It's not really my thing, but I get why Staley's there. To me, my favorite bets are Nick Sirianni at 14-1 to because of how good I expect the Eagles to be and I expect them to win the NFC East. Another future I love. Mike McDaniel at 18-1 to and Mike Tomlin at 20-1. to Those are the three that I like. Uh, regular season passing leader. Don't have strong lanes here. I don't understand, or I don't see the value in going below the two favorites. Herbert at five to one, Mahomes at seven to one. You want to sell yourself on Burrow or even Derek Carr, who was a sneaky top five passer last year, which is why he's nine to one. Russell Wilson at fifteen to one. I just don't think with Javante Adams and Melvin Gordon there, they're going to use the running game enough to where Russ won't lead the league in passing. I do have a sneaky dark horse in the rushing leader conversation. Jonathan Taylor, 4-1. to one. Derrick Henry, 7-1. to one. Nick Chubb at 10. Dalvin Cook at 12. Najee Harris and Joe Mixon at 14. Javante at 18. Elijah Mitchell at 25. And Saquon Barkley? Question mark? At 30-1? to one? 
I'm in on Saquon Barkley at 30 to 1. The usage will be there. It's a new regime who didn't draft him. There is no incentive for Brian Dable to worry about the tread on the tires or the longevity. They are going to feed him and feed him and feed him. This is a make or break year for Saquon Barkley in terms of making himself money after this season. I love him at 30 to 1. I think there's value with Nick Chubb at 10 to 1. Both those teams, I think it's health and also game script. The Giants are down 14 points in the first quarter of each game. Doesn't bode well for this. But a dart throw, throw some beer money on Saquon Barkley, 30 to 1, to lead the league in rushing. Sign me up. I'm all about it. Uh, regular season receiving yards leader Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, understandably the favorites, nine and a half to one. Give me Justin Jefferson. There's enough juice there to feel good about it. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, you can buy the dip. It was 10 to one. The foot injury news comes out. It's now at 14. He should be in the lineup week one. It's just a cut on his foot. Should be no issue. Buy the dip if you're a believer in CeeDee Lamb, the Dallas Cowboys. And say thank you, CeeDee, for cutting your foot. I'm in on C.D. Lamb. Where else are we at? Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, 18-1. to 1. Throw your hands up. Shrug emoji, maybe. I don't mind a dart throw on A.J. Brown. Again, you're going to see themes here. I love the Vikings. Or I love the, uh, love the Vikings. I love the Eagles this year. Love A.J. Brown. The hesitation there, super efficient running game, and health. But this could be a monstrous season for A.J. Brown. I really love all three guys at 20 to 1. Travis Kelsey without Tyreek Hill certainly could lead the league in receiving. Love DJ Moore, a 1,300 yard perennial guy. But with Christian McCaffrey back, Baker Mayfield's never been a volume passer who leads any sort of receiver to big numbers. I mean, you just look at what Odell didn't do in Cleveland with Baker. Makes me nervous about DJ Moore in terms of, of value. But Travis Kelsey and A.J. Brown at 20-1, to 1, behind the favorites, I'd rather go there. Uh, and then sack leader I mentioned. Didn't talk rookie of the year. I'm going to save that conversation uh, for Monday. Nate Tice of The Athletic is going to join me. Um, and so we'll save that conversation. If you don't have your Kenny Pickett ticket, ticket in yet, it's going to continue to go down, but, but there's still a chance he is a starter sooner rather than later. And if he starts at any point in September, he will certainly be the favorite. Beyond that, a number, of course, of, of receivers in the mix. Um, let's get to a promo and get a winning pick as we're almost to the 30-minute mark here on this episode of Bet to Win. Uh, WinBet's Bet 50 Win 200 promo is continuing. New WinBet users can receive 200 bucks in free bets after you make your first qualifying deposit and place your first bet on WinBet. Once your bet is settled, you will receive four installments of $50 free bets. Go to winbet.com or download the WinBet app for official rules and details. Winning pick time on three and four in August. I've lost three in a row. It doesn't feel good. I might have lost four in a row. I might have been three and oh and now lost four in a row, which I hate. Got to get back to 500. Um, 
You might call this an emo hedge. I call it a good bet. I'm taking Guardians money line on the road, minus 112, slight favorites against the Mariners. Uh, Cleveland ranks eighth in WRC plus against lefties this season. Or sorry, not this season, in August. Uh, and Marco Gonzalez for the Mariners has been bad. Doesn't miss bats, doesn't strike anybody out, has been getting hit hard of late. Um, I like the Cleveland lineup having success um, against uh, against Marco. And on the other side, Tristan McKenzie has been lights out. One of the best starters in baseball over his last nine starts, a one nine one ERA over his last nine starts. And Seattle's bats are absolutely ice cold. They've lost three of the last four games against Oakland and Washington nationals on Wednesday. They scored one singular run against the nationals in the game started by Anibal Sanchez. It was bad. I watched all nine innings. I wanted to gouge my eyes out. So give me the Guardians uh, against the Mariners. Minus 112, the Guardians as a slight favorites here on this Thursday. That's going to do it for this episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed it. Appreciate you joining me as always. Just two episodes remain next Monday and next Thursday. Uh, again, on Monday, Nate Tice of The Athletic is going to come on as we continue to preview this NFL season. Can't wait for football. It's almost here, folks. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you on the other side right here on Bet to Win.